We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, Monday, April the 17th, 2023. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here. Your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show. Appreciate you all tuning in. We have got a lot to dive into today. Very excited to take your questions, your comments, and your calls at 843-790-3377. Guys, the phone lines are open. I see Anthony Burden, Jeremy Travi, John Edward, GA, Braddock, Brendan, Ethan, Alex. My guy, Bruin Nation, with the first comment of the day. What's going on? Also, those... In the Big Cock Club Discord, over the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure your questions are answered there. Again, guys, really excited to chat with you all here on this Monday. Again, tons to get into, to react to, from the spring game to the Yardcocks, to everything in between, and cannot wait to get into it all with you all that are tuned in. Cannot wait to hear from you. Guys, of course, as always, TDC is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Head over, head over to prizepicks.com or download the Prize Picks app. When you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's our friends at Prize Picks. Let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines. Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic on this Monday. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I can tell you're excited. I couldn't even get through the ad read without you calling in first. So I love it, man. I love it. Phone lines ringing off the hook. I love that. I I muted it right before you. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're good, man. Great way to start (laughs) off the show. What's up? But uh, first of all, I had a blast. Okay, it was fantastic. Yeah, you were there. You were there in person, right? You were. You were there in person. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. How was it? Yeah. And. And I, we, I didn't get there early enough to, you know, brag about the shirt and tell them where they could get it because <laughs> me and Mary and R didn't get there until about mm-hmm. 13 minutes or so before uh, the, the, the game started. Okay. So I wasn't able to, you know, but I will make sure when I go to a game this year, I will make sure that I'm wearing that shirt and I'll tell them where they can get it. Okay. So just, Letting you know that now. I appreciate that. And Thank you. So, so, and anyways, let's get to the meat and taters of the convo because my brother's going to be here at about twelve thirty. So I wanted to go ahead and get my phone call in. Mm-hmm. Um, just solely judging off of what I saw. I mean, yeah, you, 
don't you can't really take much from a spring game, obviously. But I absolutely love I, I I loved what I saw from Lenora Stellar, okay? He ran when he had to. He got whenever he had to run, he got what he could and got out of bounds. He didn't take no unnecessary hits. Kinda reminded me of uh <clears throat> Connor Shaw a little bit. Right. And to be honest, if I saw a dude the size of Lenora Stellar coming after me, I would probably try to tackle him at his leg, but I would probably not be able to get him down because he's like six. He's over six foot, and I think they said I think he's what two fifty, somewhere around there. Uh, if I I'd have to football player that. Yeah, I'd have to look up his measurables. But he's a big kid for sure. He's a big kid. He's a pretty big fella. Okay. So you're yeah, going to have to take him down. 6'3", <clears throat> 232. So he's almost yeah. 250. He's, he's a big dude, yeah. He, 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 so you're going to have to use your entire body to take him down. Mm-hmm. And our own tackle is not going to take him down. Okay? And it might have been it, – it was an incomplete pass, but that pass that he threw, that was, that was a dime aside from it being out of bounds. He put that ball exactly where he needed to. Only thing that didn't happen is the receiver didn't come down with it in bounds. And I would be shocked if Lenora Sellers is not QB2 going into the season. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would agree with you, but Robbie. We, I think a lot of people would... Uh... But we still have a long way to go. We still have a long way to go. A lot can change, but I would not be surprised if Lenora Sellers was QB two going into September mm-hmm. at all. And I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of QBs went to the portal. I mean, if that happens, I wish them well. Best of luck. And I saw a up close. I saw uh, Warner up close. That dude has put on some weight. Okay? You saw who up close? You said he is not. We we were sitting pretty close to the field, and I saw I saw Joiner. Mm. He has definitely put on some muscle. His arms are a lot bigger than they were whenever he first got here. He looks like a running back, and I know his main position is not running back, but he looks like a running back and he was running like a running back anytime he had the football I'm really curious to see how we use him at the running back position this year if he if he winds up getting any playing time but he's already proven that whenever he's got the ball in his hands he is an absolute weapon and not from not from Arkansas, that's a big dude. He's gonna be. He's, me and Mary and I were talking about it, and we were like, that dude's gonna be a problem for SEC defenses. So if you if you cut, and here's the problem with here's the, and it's a good problem to have because if you're covering if you double train if, if you double knock, you're gonna leave uh, juice open, and if you double juice, you're gonna probably leave knock open, and so that's that's a that's a double whammy. That's a that's a cover at your own risk kind of situation. 
Right. So, and I really didn't take nothing away from the defense because, you know, you can't really tell anything really about your defense in a spring game. We'll see what they're truly made of come September 2nd and, and really see what they're made of in week three of the season whenever we travel to Athens. Mm-hmm. So, For sure. Yeah, I think all well said and great points, my friend. No doubt. But as like, and like I always say, just sit back and let Beamer do what he's getting paid to do, and that is build a winning program. And he is and, – and he's doing that. And if we if we if we play the entire season the way we played the last two weeks of the season last year, we will give some teams some fits. They will have they will have nightmares about having to play South Carolina. I would agree. So, yeah, it was a success. I wanted, yeah. I wanted to make a I wanted to make a sign. Last thing, and I'll, and I'll get off. I wanted to make a sign that uh, said, um, "Dowell Loggins, I'm ready for my vanilla ice cream." And I was going to put like a big old spoon and a bowl of vanilla ice cream on on the sign, but uh, I didn't do it. But I'll probably do, I'll probably do it when I go to a game this season. <clears throat> I'll make a sign that says, "I'm ready for my vanilla ice cream." I love that. You definitely should. So. <laughs> but um, and it was a bummer for the baseball team to lose yesterday. That was a real bummer. It's just we didn't capitalize when we needed to and gave up it. So we just and we just got to brush it off, and the baseball team just got to keep moving forward. So. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine for sure. It's baseball. Oh, yeah. It happens. We'll be okay. Yeah, it's, we'll, we'll be fine. So one bad, oh, yeah. week, one bad weekend we'll for a good okay. team is all it really is. So, gotta gotta clean up the yeah. defense. Gotta clean up the defense. It it just wasn't our weekend this past weekend as far as baseball goes. But I think we'll, like you said, we'll be all, we'll be all right. So, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and get over here. And uh, I might miss the rest of the show because I'm going somewhere with my younger brother. Um, I wanted to call before he got here. Right. For sure. Well, Robbie, I appreciate you, man. uh, Glad to hear you guys had a good time. And, uh, yeah, y'all have a great week. it It was fantastic. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you, buddy. You too. Yeah, man. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis as always. We now know Robbie Davis's full thoughts on the spring game, and I tell you what, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy Robbie, and I re- I, list, I say this out of love for Robbie Davis. I'm gonna buy Robbie Davis a microphone and an interface so he can do his own podcast because that man has got thoughts that need to hit the airwaves, and I'm sure many of you would tune into it. <clears throat> I don't want to speak for our audience, but I'm sure many of you would tune into it. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. I mean, tons to talk about. From the spring game. I mean, where do y'all really want to begin? Blake Hastings says, got a picture with Cam Pringle at the game. The dude is huge. Bruin Nation says, I told everyone back in December, if given the opportunity, Sellers would be QB2, and he was already better than the rest besides Rattler, in my opinion. And a lot of people said I was crazy. Bruin Nation, did you hear me shout you out on the podcast today, by the way? Because I knew you had a fun night. I knew you had a fun night uh, with what Lenora Sellers did. I see all the Lenora Sellers comments, and I guess we can start there. 
And when you talk the quarterback positioning, guys, let me first say, episode 776 of the podcast did drop this morning a full breakdown of the spring game and all my takeaways and thoughts and everything we saw. And I mentioned this on the pod, but it's so funny, right, that people will tell you that the spring game doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. You can't draw conclusions. But I have a, 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 a page full of takeaways. I mean, I had a page full of, uh, of thoughts and takeaways and things I saw in the game. So it's funny. For the diehard, every snap matters. Every snap matters. By the way, I want to shout out my guy that is, uh, that is tuned in. My guy, I appreciate you, my guy. But uh, no, Lenore Sellers, man. It was absolutely incredible seeing him. And I think, you know, when it comes to Lenore Sellers, the, the good news is this. QB2 is not going to have to play this year. And I'm also reserved in the sense of saying that we're going to see a lot of sellers. You know, I saw a bunch of tweets. Sellers is going to help this football team this year. And he may. He may. But I also had the same thoughts last year that we were going to see Tanner Bailey and Braden Davis at some point. As true freshmen, they were going to get out there and mop up duty. And we never saw it. So I'm a little bit hesitant to say that we're going to see a lot of Lenora Sellers. But my goodness, did we get a glimpse of what the future holds. And this kid could be really, really special. Certainly has that raw talent and ability. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Brian Bennett. Brian, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well, man. I want to get, get, get some opinions from you about baseball and football real quick. What's yeah, man. About my question. Uh, real quick, do you think Braswell has underwrite the start for him now? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's going to be a really interesting when McGillis comes back, right? That's going to be really interesting just how they handle that because Braswell, certainly, I love what he's done. I mean, he's a gamer, right? He's a gamer. Um, he may not have impressed the most in practice or what have you, but it's just really hard to to take him out of the lineup. So so I think the balancing act of what do you do with with LeCroy, I mean, listen, he had a bad weekend. Five errors. Five errors on the weekend for, for Tom Hodge, LeCroy, but – I'm not mailing it in on Lee Croy. I, I don't think he should never play again. I mean, he's one of your dudes. So, um, you know, will Michael Braswell be an everyday guy when, when McGillis gets back? I, I'm not exactly sure. I, I doubt it, honestly. But uh, I think he's certainly somebody that they're going to continue to play. But it's just all about do you move Lee Croy maybe to DH or do you shuffle different guys around? Where does he go, right? I mean, it's a great position to be in. you got a bunch of quality players and you're looking for spots for them. But – you know, it, it, listen, if Lee Croy continues to struggle defensively, I, I think it makes sense to put Braswell at third and and operate that way. But, uh, yeah, going to be really interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, I just don't want to get deep, you know, baseball because I'm a big fan of the <laughs> That lineup has got to click in jail. And yeah. if you move, continue to move pieces, it will never click the way it needs to click. And remember, we're hot right now. But, yeah. you know, as well as anybody else, that baseball, you can cool down, so you got to find a way to manifest the win when that cool down um, comes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I was thinking with Braswell, you know, earn a guaranteed spot to be in lineup is often, you know, since he's producing at a plate. Yeah. You know, big time. No, for sure. And I, I think um, I think adding McGillis back will only help this lineup. I mean, I, I know he's been out a while, yeah. but he was one of your uh he's one of your dudes again. So I but I, I will say I think Braswell needs to continue to be a part of the lineup. I mean, the, the dude's clutch. He just like I said, he's a gamer, man. He has that that it factor we talk about. He loves the game and you know, maybe he wasn't the most impressive in the fall, the spring, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely Braswell's a big part of this ball club and needs to continue to see at bats and see the field and, and help this team win games. Yeah. And second, you know, I, I, first of all, let, let me say that I don't want no Gamecock coming after me. I'm a biggest Gamecock fan. But um, I know when you talk about Luke Doty, they, they try to yeah. pack in stuff like that because he's a through-and-through Gamecock. But, <laughs> man, this is year three. 
Yeah. And every spring game I have watched, he looks nervous. He's, he don't have he don't have touch on the ball. Can we move past the fact that Luke Doty is not even the second best option at QB right now? I think he needs to move to slot, or like you said a few months ago, possibly transfer and go to Coastal Carolina, have a have a good solid three of uh, on years there, and just be a guy for them. But right now, man, I just I don't see him as an SEC quarterback. I don't know if it's a mental going on, but I just don't see it. I mean, I think he's proven now that. You know, hey, you haven't progressed now. It mm-hmm. just may not be at this level. Yeah, you know what's funny, my friend? I talked about this today uh, in the podcast, and, you know, I, I said that it was a – and I labeled it as a spring game hot take or a spring game overreaction. But reading the comments and listening to the fans like yourself and the majority, I, I don't think it really is that much of a hot take. I'm not sure you guys would label it as such. Because I think most of this fan base has simply put just sold their stock on the idea that Luke Doty could ever lead this football program at the quarterback position. And I, I you know, my, my hot take, quote unquote, or my overreaction to the spring game is I tend to be right there with you. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was one of Luke Doty's biggest defenders. And he's a friend of the show, by the way. And you have to preface it, it seems like, in college sports because everybody takes things so personally. But you know, we all love Luke Doty. We're glad he's a Gamecock. He's a Gamecock through and through, just like a DeCarrion Joiner, for example. But he's not your starting quarterback. Yeah. And, and he's just and he's just yeah. not, from what we've seen on the field, it doesn't look like he's ever really going to be that guy. And I know it's a spring game, and I understand it's a makeshift offensive line, and which receivers is he throwing to, and what defenses. He's wearing a green jersey, right? Like, I understand all of the variables, but he looked so terrible on Saturday night and I was shocked how poor he looked and again my hot take or overreaction if you will like you just mentioned I just don't see how he's QB2 entering the fall like when you have a guy with the upside and the talent like a Lenora Sellers when you have a guy even like a Tanner Bailey who I thought looked solid in the game like I just don't see how Luke Doty I know he has experience but who gives a damn like like really truly who gives a damn you know, so yeah. I, I don't see how he's QB2 in the fall. It's no knock on the kid, but I think if he ever wants to play and make a contribution for the Gamecocks, it's probably not going to be at the quarterback position. As much I hate to say that, I think it's true. Yeah, and like I said, you know, I agree with you. Like, even Bailey, like, his pocket awareness was so much better. Um, even the break – it was a vanilla mm-hmm. offense, but even the breakdown, okay, a guy was open in the middle, but he's seen Duke wide open, okay. I'm going to that option right there. Like it was just quick decisions was being made by Bailey in comparison to um, Doty. And I understand Doty is the people's champ. Nothing wrong with right. being the people's champ. But for this program, I just don't think he's going to QB, QB2. And he's a great kid. And I don't know. I just, it's, I'm a fan of the game. And I just feel like at this point, hey, maybe Beamer sitting down, say, hey, look, man, we love you. want to be a part, a part of the program. Yeah. We're going to put you more in the carry-on mode and just let you try slot position and see if you thrive there because we want you on the field because you're an athlete. But this quarterback, I don't see you get any playing time, you know, even if something was happening. Lord forbid, have to knock on wood, having a rattler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't see you being that guy that can lead us. I, yeah, I mean, it, like you mentioned, man, I mean, there's one thing about being the people's champ and there's another thing about winning football games. And I don't give a damn how well-liked you are. You're the people's champ. Everybody in Myrtle Beach touts this guy. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I don't see it, man. I just simply put, don't see it. And, like, again, I've been one of Doty's biggest defenders. 
I'm not saying that he was thrown out there in a, in a regular game. You know, maybe we, he'd do some nice things, but like, my God, that spring game. And I think you maybe saw a guy that's pressing a little bit because he knows a true freshman's on his heels and potentially about to steal his job. So, you know, may, maybe Doty stays QB2. I don't, again, the beautiful thing is I don't think it's much going to matter because, you know, knock on wood again, Spencer Rattler ain't getting hurt and he's going to play the entire year and who gets mop up duty. I don't know that it even really matters, but. You know, looking ahead next year, this time we'll be having a conversation about the quarterback battle and who's leading. And I, I just, I'll be stunned if it's Luke Doty. I will be stunned, and that's not a knock on him as a person. Like the fact you have to preface that to college fans is weird to me, but it's not a knock on him as a person or a game cop. But like watching what we watched on Saturday night, I, I mean, I know it's a spring game. Don't draw conclusions, but he looked terrible. I mean, he looked abysmal. He looked. He looked like the freshman to me. He looked like the freshman. You know, in, in competition, brief success, and 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 Beamer's doing a great job. Because look, I'm bringing, I'm not bringing two star quarterbacks in. I'm bringing four or five star guys in. They're gonna make your guys compete and see who who gonna get get the job. And, and you got even a quarterback coming next year, Reno. Like it's it's you no, know, it's gonna be a lot of quarterbacks that got a decision to make. Hey, do I yeah. stay and try to win, or do I leave and try to go somewhere and, and fit and and get some playing time? Because right now. It don't seem too promising for a couple guys on the roster at QB. Yeah, I mean, I I I would be again. I, I'd just be flat out stunned. You know, people try to ask me all the time who who's who specifically is going to enter the portal, and that is too difficult to you know make a prediction, if you will, because you have no idea what's going through guys' minds, what they want to do, you know, what 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 their end goal is. But yeah, I mean, to your point, yeah. man, Dante Reno comes in next year. I mean, the, the quarterback room's so crowded, and they're going to sit down. And they're going to have conversations with these players all week this week. And I'm sure Shane Beamer and Dowell Loggins and the offensive staff, they're going to have some very real convos and say, hey, this is where you sit on the depth chart. You, you're not going to play. Like, you, you're going to be on scout team. And I know being yeah. an SEC football player, like, like speaking on Luke Doty, and, and I'm sure there's some Gamecocks out there that will just adamantly disagree with this and will throw hate my way. But – I just don't understand guys who just want to sit the bench. I, I don't get it, man. Because you know what? I've been a college yeah. athlete, and I sat the bench before, and it sucks. And I don't give a damn if you're at yeah. South Carolina or if you're at Newberry. I don't give a damn how much merch you get. I don't give a damn if you go to a $70 million facility or whatever. I don't care. Doing all that work, <clears throat> waking up for those workouts, doing all those practices, and getting none of the glory, not even getting to play, you get a couple Instagram followers because you're a game guy. Who gives a shit? Like, you don't get to play. Why would you want to do that? Like, I'm not encouraging people to transfer, but, like, I don't – I just can't understand a guy who wants to be QB5. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know why you'd want to yeah, do it. Exactly. I guess if you're banking yeah. on the future, so be it. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't see the glory in sitting the bench. I just don't see it. So, yeah. there will be a lot of guys and decisions to make, and, and that's why I think fans should also, if a guy hits the portal, like, don't blame them. Like, there's no glory in sitting the bench. They're just There's none. So if a guy like yeah, Colton exactly. Gothier or Braden Davis, if they're quarterback four or five and they want to go, like I hope they go somewhere they get to play and at least enjoy your college experience. Like, because there's nothing worse than being yeah. a highly touted four-star prospect, coming to school, being a dud, sitting for four years, and your career's over. And you did nothing. Like, I I, I just – I don't know, man. Maybe yeah. – uh, it, 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 it's, e yeah, it's easy to speak from my perspective because you don't have that decision to make, right? We're just sitting over here. Just talking about it, but yeah. I, I just I don't know, man. I can't wrap my brain around wanting to just ride the pine for four or five years. Yeah. And last but not least, do you think because of the 
the uncertainty and running back position. I know we're probably going to hit the portal because Shane is very good at the portal find a guy out there. But do you think that we're going to be like a our pass going to set up our run game, like have a spread thing and let us let people like Juice Adal, um get in space and, you know, and go for like 20 yards, you know, stretch pass, I mean, stretch runs and stuff like that? Because I like the guy from Newberry. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's a bruiser, but I don't think he's an every down back. Right. But I just think that I think it's going to be a situation where we do a lot of stretch runs as opposed to run up the, the tackle and stuff yeah. like that. What do you think? I think right now at the running back position, because you mentioned Mario Anderson from Newberry, you know, what the carry-on joiner did. I thought both guys flashed. You know, Juju McDowell is Juju McDowell and what he does. I think right now, and I don't even mean this disrespectfully, but an honest evaluation of that position, we've got a lot of supporting cast running backs right now. we got a bunch of RB2s, but I don't see an RB1. Yeah. And so I think you will see yeah. them be active in the portal, as we've all predicted for many, many weeks and months now. Even just for competition, even for competition purposes. Hey, if Mario Anderson or the carry-on joiner ends up winning the job, fantastic. That's great. But make yeah. them win the job against a guy who's actually a proven power five ball carrier. I'm not yeah. saying that if you go in the season right now with this group that, you know, you won't be okay, but you need better than okay. Because I do agree with you. I think yeah. this offense right now is going to be pass heavy. I, 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 if this team leaned on the run, that would be to me the most shocking thing about this, this probably this mm-hmm. football team after the 2023 season. So go out in the portal, find a proven power five ball carrier who I think can shoulder the load of being RB1. And then you've got these other supporting cast of characters, if you will, that are exactly that. They're kind of role players, RB2s you know, nice complimentary pieces, but I just don't think you have an RB1 on this roster right now. I could be wrong, yeah. but if for nothing else, like I mentioned, depth and competition, I think you need to be active in the portal. And, hey, maybe a Dontavious Braswell, the true freshman, maybe he plays a role. Maybe they don't go to the portal because they know more than we do that he's going to be a factor immediately. But barring yeah. that, I definitely think you need to hammer the portal, and I expect them to be active. All right. Nope. And appreciate the conversation, man. If you got time today, come check out Evans High School versus North Augusta, uh, North Augusta Boys Baseball today at 6 o'clock. Mm, love that. North Augusta, Evans. Where is it at? North Augusta or at Evans? It's, it's at North Augusta. Yeah, I'll be my son play for Evans. And I'll, okay. There, man. I'll give you a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Y- hey, y'all have a good time, and I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for the call. Great stuff. Right, no yeah, man. Bye. Take care. Great stuff there. That was a great call. That was a great call. Again, 843 Greg Bedinger isn't Doty on full scholarship. That's worth sixty dollars to $80,000 over four years. I understand what you're saying, though. Greg, you can transfer and find a scholarship somewhere. It's, it's possible. It's possible. But anyways. All right, let's jump to the phone lines here. From- Will from Darty Marlowe. Will, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Good, man. Great. How about you? I'm doing well, man. I'm starting to rethink, uh, you know, my, my comments on Luke Doty. I feel like the people in Myrtle Beach might throw eggs at me for all my next week for all my comments on the, the Luke Doty stuff. So <laughs> I might, I might want to pipe down a little bit for, and say, save all that commentary for after next Thursday. Uh, no, I mean he is very loved here, man. I mean, and he's and he's a, he's a gamecock, man. I mean, you got to give him that. He took it. He took it out when when he could have left and then probably played somewhere, maybe at a lower level, but. Uh, I mean, I agree. I was at the spring game first off, man. I took my daughter. She, she just turned three, and she absolutely loved it. Had a great time. Um, unofficially, 51,000 people is what I'm hearing. That's a record, right? Kudos to Gamecocks football for understanding the assignment, whether there really was or there really wasn't 51,000 after the arch rival put 50,000. 
why on God's green earth would you not put 51,000? So either way, though, whether you want to say it was 100,000, right? It was a great crowd. It was a great turnout. Gamecock Nation showed up and showed out. So everybody who was there, pat yourself on the back, man. It looked like it was a great environment. Um, Spencer looked great. He looked uh, like he knew what was going on with everything. I know it's somewhat of a new offense. It looked, it looked somewhat clean for being a spring game. Um, just impressed with, with, with that part of the Lenore Sellers, you know, didn't have a whole lot of plays out there. But, man, it just you see you just see it. I mean, the kid's special, man. He's, he's going to be a player for us, and I, I think it might be sooner than later. It might be as soon as next year. Um, so, yeah, Lucas is, is kind of out on that. Tanner looked good. Um, to, to switch bases real quick, mm-hmm. the baseball game, I mean, I was so damn frustrated watching that game yesterday. I texted you. I don't know if you saw what I texted you, but I texted about God turned into the damn pitch. I think it was the second or the third inning. Mm-hmm. He obviously turned into the, to the pitch. And we didn't review that. And that's when the ball started rolling for them, everything, the momentum went their way. We've been called – we've had multiple outs called back on, on – on, I think Cass has had two where he went into the pitch, and it was not nearly as obvious as that was. And I just wanted to get your take on that about Kingston not – not that we're going to hang him out of drop and we're having a great season, but the decision to not challenge that when it looked so obvious. Why do you think that was? That's a great question, my friend. That is a great question. Um, I, I feel like there was definitely some home cooking all weekend long for the uh, the, the Vanderbilt Commodores. I, I, you know, and I'm not saying umpires the reason you lost. They're certainly not. There are the, many other reasons why you did not uh, take the series. But uh, yeah, that that was certainly one that was questionable. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I, I, I wish was I lost knew. Yeah. That. I was like, you know, you figure that somebody would be like, hey, man, you might want to. Might want to take and a gander, right? You can right? see Becker even did the Becker even did the motion like, dude, he turned into it. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, and it just I, I don't know. Sometimes it's little things like that to get the, the momentum going for the other team, and, right. and I think that kind of was the the, the and on, and on another note, Petri. I mean, my God, man. I mean, every game, the best freshman been, this program's ever seen, and I'm a, I'm a Justin Smoke guy, dude, and I, I mean, I he's. Still my all-time favorite Gamecock, but, I mean, my goodness, when you look at the numbers, 17 homers over 66 games for Smoke, 18 homers over 36 games for Petra. I mean, it's just, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. And, I mean, you think about the bats Smoke was using versus the bats that Petra's using. I mean, it's right. unreal. You put an orange stealth or a, a, the white stealth, I think, is, is what he was using in his hand, and Petra's hand, my God, he's probably got 25. I mean, it's just – it's crazy, man, to see what he's doing. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's lovely to watch. I mean, he's got to be in the discussion for I mean, not freshman of the year, for player of the year at this yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, honestly. He's got to be in the discussion for Golden Spikes for sure. I mean, that's a competitive, absolutely. very competitive award, but he's got to be up there. He's And he'll definitely – he should win freshman of the year. I, I know the kid from Georgia, uh, who I forget his name right now, but yeah, the kid, the kid from Georgia, yeah, Condon. He's Condon, raking. I, I mean, he's, yeah. he's raking. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, I would say that uh, – yeah, Petri certainly, certainly. I, I would, I would vouch for him to get that award. I think this is a humongous, maybe the biggest uh, series we have this weekend, man. Because Florida is basically a lot like we are with mm-hmm. with hitting it out of the park. Um, I don't know a whole lot about their pitching. I, I don't know if they, I don't think it's quite as good as ours, but it's just a really, really big. Because I mean, we're trying to position ourselves to get one of those top national seeds and. And Florida's right there with us. So it's like, you know, we just lost to Vanderbilt, and I don't think we were 
I mean, Vanderbilt's a, a very, you know, small ball team, man, and it's hard to beat when they're when they're playing right. I mean, we, we we're a little bit we're not like 2021 USC, but we still we rely a lot on the big set. Yeah, and that's fine, you know. But this series, I think, is you know will tell tell us a lot about who we are going forward if we can bounce back to that and get at least two out of three at home this yeah. weekend. Yeah, this weekend's big for yeah. sure, and I know we'll we'll break it. You know, I'll break it down more and dive into it after uh, tomorrow. Still got a midweek, of course, against Charleston Southern, but no, it, it's a huge weekend, man. I mean, it's a huge weekend. I think just you know for the purposes of bouncing back and, and not letting you know a, a negative occurrence become a trend, if you will. Right? You lose two of three again or worse, and I think fans are really going to start hitting the panic button, which that was just hilarious to watch. I mean, there's there's so many people. I, I I'm I'm really not like deterred on this Monday. I mean, it sucks to lose for sure, but I mean, it happens, dude. Like we, we were not going to go through this season <clears throat> without losing an SEC series. I, I know we like to think so. And it was a lot of, but we weren't, dude. The SEC is just too good. And so you go on the road to Vandy. It sucks because it was self-inflicted. It felt like it was self-inflicted with all the years, but you also have to tip the cap to Vandy's pitching staff who just shut you down after that first inning on Saturday. Good, that bullpen was phenomenal. I mean, that, and we knew Excellent. that, they have one of the best bullpens and one of the best pitching staffs in the SEC. And, I mean, again, being on the road, they get some favorable calls. And it just – it turned out to be their weekend, which sucks because you won that first game and you were in such a great position to take the series. But, you know, it is what it is. You lose two of three on the road to a team in the top five. I mean, my goodness. You know, they're, they're yeah. worse results that could have happened. Defense, so. man. Yeah. More than anything, the defense killed us, man. I mean, we had way too many errors. And then I heard you touch on earlier, but Lee Coy's – you know, he's he's good. He's a great hitter for us, man. He gets on base a lot. But that third base is, you know, it's, it's hurt us a couple of times now. Yeah. So, hopefully we can get that shirt up. Um, and, yeah, man, and then one other thing. Do you know what who has the most home runs in a single season? How much is that? What is the record? Do you know what that is? <clears throat> I, I'm not exactly sure what the record is. I mean, I, I could I could spitball it, but I don't don't want to do that. So is it mid twenties though? Like I'd assume, 25? yeah. I, I, I think it's something like that. I right? think so. Yes, I think so. Okay, so Pat Pritchard's got a chance at that. I mean, mm. he could, he could touch that. Uh, but anyway, I'll jump off here, Chris, and uh, talk to you later, buddy. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Great stuff. Thank you so much for the call. Yeah. Will from Dirty Myrtle. <clears throat> Always great stuff. I'm actually trying to find statistics here because I, I want to. To his point, right, to his point about the defense. Where are the fielding? Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is through yesterday, I believe. I believe it's through yesterday. We'll get into it in a second. I got the stats pulled up. There. We'll jump back to the phone lines here. Call from. Hunter, what's going on? How are you? Hey, is it? I was just trying to work on my Spanish there. Got gotcha. you. What's uh, up? So what's going on with the what's going on with the run game? Uh, I I know the run. I know you see me in the chat and all talking shit about the run game and everything, but there's just things like uh they're not they did like worse than last year. Like I'm not. Even, I, I feel like I'm not even over exaggerating. Yeah, no, I mean there there was there was no run push Saturday night, and uh, I, I would just say this though, Hunter. I mean it's it's really hard to. I think it's just hard to judge and evaluate the offensive line in a spring game because it's 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 so makeshift 
there's so many combinations of different guys playing. Like you're never you're never in a position where you have your best starting five out there. So I mean, listen, and I say this, Hunter. If you ran for 300 yards, well, then it'd be, you know, is the run defense terrible? So it's just really hard to evaluate. Um, it doesn't really right. change my thoughts on what I think the run game will be this year, which is not great. I, I think we're going to be a pass-heavy offense, probably 70-30 pass to run, if I had to guess. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they'll try to be more balanced, probably 60-40, I should say. They'll, they'll try to be more balanced, but I, I don't expect this to be a team that, runs it down teams' throats necessarily. So, um, but I mean, again, really hard to evaluate just because um, you never had your best five on the field. Uh, you know, so it, it just just really, really tough with a makeshift O-line to evaluate. It's certainly getting a run push. I mean, that, that's going to be a huge question mark going into the season. Yeah, <clears> I mean, the thing is, like, uh, it's kind of hard to tell why, you know, our run game was, like, you know, kind of a little bit awful. I'm not trying to, you know, talk shit about them or anything, but I get it because they're freshmen and all. And um, I just can't tell if, like, because our defense is good and, you know, they're stopping the run and everything, which is great. But, you know, it, it, that, that's, one of, that's one of the main reasons it's hard to tell, you know, who's doing good and who's not doing good in the spring mm-hmm. game. So. Yeah, well, I mean, again, that, that's, that's the tough thing about a spring game, Hunter. And I think that's why you really have to go into it with taking everything with a grain of salt, right? Because it's like you mentioned, right? Well, is the defense good if the offense does well? If the, is the offense – you know, vice versa. I mean, it's just so tough to evaluate in that matter. So, um, right. you know, I, I don't know. You can't draw any conclusions. That's the bottom line. Right, right. That's, that's all I needed. Um, just hoping we'll do good this season. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for the call, Hunter. Great stuff. No problem, man. Take, yeah, take care. Great stuff from Hunter Kelly. Great stuff from Hunter Kelly. Let's see. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Monday, April 17th, 2023. It was a horrid weekend to be a slap dick on Twitter. That is for sure. Had a lot of fun with Gamecock burners and Gamecock fans and all of those in general that were just talking nonsense. So, yeah. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun on the Bird app this weekend. Um, back to the point of defense, right? Will from Dirty Metal brought this up. And, guys, let me read off these stats really quickly. South Carolina, and this is through yesterday, the Yardcocks are fielding 969 on the season through 36 games. That is third worst in the SEC. South Carolina has committed 39 errors on the season, which is second worst in the league. Only Mississippi State has committed more at 51. Just above you is Missouri at 37. Interestingly enough, Florida down there at the bottom with you, fielding 974 with 34 errors. If there's one thing we found out over the weekend that needs to be corrected, that hadn't showed itself really truly to this point because you had been winning every series you played, But if there's one thing that needs to be an area of focus and has to be fixed, 
it's the defense because it's going to be really, really tough to make any sort of run and to win anything of significance if your defense is a liability. We think back to 2010, 2011, 2012. Great defense was a characteristic of those national championship teams, and it's something that has to be corrected. Five more errors over the weekend against Vanderbilt. It's just not a recipe to going on the road and beating a top-five team. It's not a recipe to playing good baseball, and it takes good baseball to win these SEC series against some of the best teams in all of college baseball. Guys, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our first break of the day. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Let's get back into them. We'll scroll back up and get to some of your questions. We've had calls nonstop, phone ringing off the hook since we started. Hey, I appreciate that. Y'all keep it coming. Uh, Let me first remind you, of course, the TSUS Spring Tour continues this week. Thursday, we will be in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Looking forward to it. Hanging with all my Fort Mill Gamecocks. Also, Yardcocks take on Florida that night. And the game's on ESPNU, so we'll be watching that game. It'll serve as a tour event and a watch party, right? Game gets going at 7.30. In the meantime, before that, everything gets going on our end at 6. Uh, we will do a little bit of a Q&A, talk some yard cocks, talk football, what have you. going to be a good time. Uh, also, guys, excited to announce uh, on the TDC side of things starting next week, in case you missed this, uh, Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, he will join the show every single Monday, 115 to 145. Looking forward to it talking college football every Monday with Mark. Going to be an absolute blast. That being said, let's jump back to the phone lines. Call from uh, Justin. Justin, what's going on, my friend? How are you? How you doing, Chris? You okay, my friend? I'm doing fantastic on this Monday. How are you? Good. Hey, Chris, how was your Easter? My Easter was great. Spent time with family and, and watched the Masters and had a good time. So, it was really good. Yeah, I did too, Chris. Uh, we saw Mario, Super Mario movie. It was pretty good. You saw the Super Mario movie. Okay. Yeah, and Chris, you saw it yet? I have not. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it was pretty funny too. Nice. I'll have to go check it out. Oh, yeah. And, Chris, I was at the spring game on Saturday. Um, it, <clears throat> I saw Spence where he didn't do too much last Saturday. So you so you did go to the spring game. You, you were there. Love to hear that. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I would say this. Yeah, I, I, I thought, listen, I thought Spencer Rattler, again, you got to go into a spring game and have real expectations and understand what it is that you are that you are watching, if you will. I mean, I, I thought Spencer Rattler looked fine. I, I thought he looked crisp. I thought he looked efficient. It was a very ho-hum type of spring game. I mean, nothing really popped off. There was the one connection between he and Juice Wells, and I think you'll be seeing that a ton, obviously, this season. But, I mean, nothing really stood out, which is fine. Um, I, I You know, he's QB1. I, I think he's poised for a good year. I don't have any concerns in regards to what I saw from him in the spring game necessarily. So, Oh, yeah. Me too, Chris. Hey, Chris, uh, like I said, John Lugge, he's not sure you everything, right, Chris? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you probably saw, 
I was going to say 10% of the playbook, but that might even be too courteous. So, I mean, he said they were going to keep it very vanilla, nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, man, I mean, again, it, it's a spring game. It doesn't count. They're not calling everything. He doesn't have his best 5-0 lineman up front. You don't have all your starters on one side. So, again, I, I thought Spencer Rattler looked fine. I thought he made some good throws. Missed a couple, sure, but I think that's something that will be corrected in regards to, like, especially like him and Eddie Lewis, for example, just getting more chemistry, right, more reps together over the summer and, and fall camp. And I think Spencer Rattler will be fine. I, I think he'll be completely fine. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I think it'll be fine, too. And, you know, Chris, that's why I think, you know, so I can't go ahead and treasure for, you know, and they, they need that one little piece, right, Chris? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think you're going to see Shane Bieber and company be very active in the transfer portal. Again, running back, edge, those are the true, two primary positions. And, you know, I, I posed this question on the podcast today, you know, what are your greatest concerns or biggest question marks going into the quote-unquote offseason, the summer, if you will, and I think it's still running back and edge. I really do. I think run game on the offensive side and pass rush on the defensive side. I know Brian Thomas Jr. obviously flashed. Elijah Davis had a great day as well on the inside. He can play outside as well, Shane were mentioned. But, you know, I, I think continuing to bolster those two positions, I, I think those are your greatest concerns right now. You know, I look on the defensive side. I thought linebacker showed some promise with, you know, guys like Bam Martin-Scott, Jerron Willis, Stone Blanton, Pup Howard, Mo Cobb is going to return. I think the secondary at this point we all sort of expect is going to be a strength because of what Torian Gray has done. I thought O'Donnell Fortune showed some good things. Jalon Kilgore looks like he could be a big-time player. The back end with Eamon Warrior and DQ Smith, I think it's one of the best in the SEC. And then again, offensively. You know, the big question there will be who's wide receiver two, but you're going to have plenty of options, right? You've got your tight end room with oh, Trey yeah. Knox, Joshua Simon. You know, outside of Juice Wells, you got guys like Xavier Leggett, Amari and Brown to carry on Joyner can slide out there if needed. Um, and then in the quarterback position, you got Spencer Rattler. And it's really hard to evaluate the offensive line in a spring, spring game, but we all know that, you know, the rushing attack is going to be, I think, the question mark going into this season because we feel pretty good about what you can do through the air. So, you know, all in all, to your point, in the portal, running back, edge, I think they will be active there, and I think they do need to be active. Other than that, um, you know, I, I, I think you feel like you're in a pretty good spot from a roster standpoint. Oh, yeah, I agree, Chris. Hey, Chris, hey, you know, that's a lot of good players in transfer for you. Hey, Chris, I'm not sure you're going to get the white ones, but you got to try to get the white people. And who's a – you know, it's going to take a long way to get the, the big players, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, again, it's – Beamer has already shown, right, he's going to be active in the portal. Uh, I would expect more of the same, no doubt. I would expect more of the same. So, I think we're in a good position, and, uh, you know, we'll see who they can get, but – yeah, I, I think that uh, – yeah, I, I think you'll see them be at – I mean, add some guys. Oh, yeah, hey, Chris, so I got you, man. About soccer baseball, listen, we know baby's a good baseball team. And, hey, Chris, they got to show – they got to show uh, bullpen. That's, that's hard to do, with, you know. Yeah, I mean, Vandy's a really good baseball team. They're ranked in the top five. So, uh, give them their credit for sure. That they're, they're really, really good. And, you know, if you don't play – really, really solid, fundamentally sound baseball. I talked about this going in the weekend. They're going to hurt you, and you didn't. You didn't. You didn't play well enough defensively to win, um, and it cost you. So, you know, the Gamecocks, I, I think what you saw, they went 2-2 two and two last week. The Gamecocks don't even move in the top 25, the D1 baseball top 25, because I, I think it's more of a – it's more of a – you've got so much respect for Vandy and who they are. 
you know, South Carolina losing two of three. I don't think there's any reason really to move them. So, uh, you know, Vandy's the fourth-ranked team in the country for a reason. And now, hey, you get another opportunity, right? you got the third-ranked team in the country coming to your home field, time to bounce back and, and prove once again that you are one of the elites. And I think South Carolina can do that. We'll see if they do, but I think they can do that for sure. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chris, like I said, man, the SC's a tough baseball game. Look good. You're not going to sweep anybody, right, Chris? No, you're not going to sweep Vandy, my guy. You were going to lose – you were going to lose an SEC series. Like, it's just it's just going to happen, right? You're going to lose. In baseball, you're going to lose. I don't know how people aren't able to grasp that because what I saw on social media this weekend, I mean, you'd have thought the sky was falling. People on Twitter, and I know Gamecock burners are, you know, I, 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 I don't know how many brain cells there are combined with the group, but, you know, either way, um, it's baseball, man. You're going to lose two or three sometimes. It happens, whatever. Just don't let it become a trend. That's it, so... Um, I, I think we'll be fine. We're a good ball club that had a bad weekend. That's the best way to phrase it. We're a good ball club that had a bad weekend, and we'll bounce back like a good ball club does. We'll play our best baseball, and I think, uh, you know, we'll get it going once again. Oh, yeah. And, Chris, like I said, like a lad Braves. I love lad Braves, Chris, but let me say, man, they're not too bad by baseball, right, Chris? For sure? Yeah, for sure. No, we'll, we'll be fine, my guy. We'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chris, uh, have you been keeping with lad Braves lately? I have not kept up with the Braves all that much. I think they're like 12 and four. I, I've been, I haven't watched a ton of their games, but uh, I know they're playing the Padres tonight. So I, I think uh, Freed's coming back from the, the, uh, the injury list or what have you. So no, yeah, I, I, I can't sit here and tell you I watch a ton of Braves games though. Yeah, and Chris, I'm a big Braves fan. I just hope, I hope we get somebody back because uh, it's no fun we miss that key player, you know. Yeah, no, you, you need your guys. But the fact they've been able to win to, to the level that they have without those guys is uh, really impressive. Oh, yeah. I just hope the players keep doing what they're doing, Chris, and um, hopefully get back to the World Series again, you know? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I, I think they're primed for it, no doubt. Yeah, well, Chris, that's all I said, man. Justin, you're the man. I appreciate it. Glad y'all had a great weekend. Uh, you too, Chris. Go get cut. Yeah, man, take care. Great stuff from... Justin, again, let me get back into your questions. We've got tons of comments coming in. Um, I don't know if this is a Clem Sucks fan, but Tanner Gibson says your quarterback is horrible. I mean, I, I don't think Spencer Rattler's horrible. I don't think many people think he's horrible. Brian Dean, Chris, do you think we get a running back in the transfer portal? I'd be shocked if we don't get one in the transfer portal. Chad Goblin, Chris, I wish they would have most have had most of the O-line together on the same team. Cannot tell if sacks were more about guys not playing together at practice. Also think we saw more across the middle and deep balls. Then last year. Yeah, I, I will say again, for that to be a vanilla play calling, I actually thought we were somewhat aggressive. That surprised me a little bit. So, um, let's see. John Gibbs, Beamer and Friends, need to land a stud at running back to the portal and next year recruiting, and we're going to be set. I mean, what does Dontavious Braswell do, John? I think that's a big question, but no, I agree with you. Addressing the running back position is something that uh, that needs to happen for sure. I, I want to look up, let's see. Hold on, let me look this up. Mm. Where is it? Here we go. This this will be funny. Mm, 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 mm. So 
I don't think Marshawn Lloyd even had a carry in Southern Cal spring game. He had one catch for 24 yards. Did not have a carry. One catch for 24 yards. Did not have a carry. So how about that? I was just really curious what he did over the weekend. Ethan says, Yaron Peters has the season record with 29 home runs. I mean, I think it's it's in reach. I think it's in reach for uh, for Ethan Petrie, for sure. I think it's definitely in reach, within reach, if you will. Uh, guys, let me pose this question to you. Let me pose this question. And may, maybe this is feeding into too much of the spring game overreactions of the hot takes. But, you know, I just simply asked the question. From what you saw on Saturday night, does your opinion of this Gamecocks football team going into the 2023 season, like what you think this season or what you thought this season was going to be, does it change your opinion at all? Has your opinion changed based off of what you saw on Saturday night? Because for me, it does not. It does not. I, I think the issues that I thought we had, I still think we have them. The challenges that we will face, I still think we are facing them. And the optimism that I had going in this season, I'm still very optimistic. So again, I pose to you, has your opinion of this South Carolina football team changed going into the season for better or for worse based off what you saw on Saturday night? You know, again, I I, I feel the same. I I really do. I feel the same. Austin (laughs) Austin Greer says, if you have a different opinion because of a scrimmage six months before the season, you're a weirdo. Bruin Nation says, Chris, by the way, thanks for costing us the series this weekend. Nice going. Bruin Nation, I know you're joking, but I will make this point, Bruin Nation, here on these airwaves. And I'll tell you this, and I said on the podcast, I will not apologize for being cocky, being a fan of a team that is 30 and 6 and ranked sixth in the country. Bruin Nation, if I cannot be cocky and talk shit, when my team is that good, is this good as we are right now, I don't even want to be a fan anymore, Bruin Nation, because what's the point? What is the other option? Are, you, are we supposed to be scared, asshole this tight, tail tucked between our legs the entire season, just terrified of saying the wrong thing until we finally win the national championship, and then we can finally exhale? Like, absolutely not. Like, no thank you. If that's what fandom is, then you know what? To hell with it. I don't really want to be a fan. That's not what fandom is. That's not what fandom is. So, if you want to be a scared little bitch on social media, you can't talk any sort of shit, then so be it. But you know what, guys? I'll tell you this. I'm not the one swinging the bat. I'm not the one throwing the pitch. I'm not the one fielding the baseball. I'm not the one that lost the ball game. Nothing I tweet, nothing I say has anything to do with what South Carolina does on the field. It's so funny. The same people that say that, who act as if, my tweets directly affect the team. They're also ones that a lot of the time say that TSUS is irrelevant, doesn't matter. Well, like, which one is it? Am I I the god of Gamecocks athletics or am I irrelevant? Because some people tend to think that my tweets literally have power over the final result. And guys, if that were the case, if that were the case, I would make us win every game because winning is really good for business. It's great for business, actually. So, anyways, that's that's my uh, that's my two cents on that. 
That's my two cents. Chad Goblin says, Chris, someone who played baseball fans being cocky never hurts the team. I mean, dude, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Cody Gaskin says, I'm going to start blaming Chris for everything that happens in my life and related to Carolina sports. Cody, go right ahead. Go right ahead, my guy. I think everybody in the Big Cock Club Discord would agree, Cody, slap dick tendencies would not be something new for you, my friend. So, <laughs> Frank says, didn't watch the game after the second play was a swing pass for a loss of yardage. <laughs> Come on, man. 138 days till football. Yeah. Dude, that's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> my guy, Tucker, what's going on, Tuck? My ripper's down there in Savannah. He says the fans really need to push to play an FCS team next spring like Shane wants to do. That would be such a better judge of how good our football team is. I mean, I'm down. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. John Aver, maybe when McGillis comes back, put him at second, Braswell at third, LeCroy at DH. Your thoughts? I mean, I think that's fair. I could definitely see that happening. I think that could work out well for you. I, I think you want to keep Braswell in the lineup for sure. Um, let me again, let me get back into your questions. Brewer Nation said, Doty's a hell of an athlete. He was a wide receiver before coming QB1 at Myrtle Beach. I wish he would take on that role because he is a great athlete. Maybe he will. I mean, I, I feel like Luke Doty's a guy who will do whatever they ask him to do to help the football team. I, I would think. We got a long comment I want to read it, though. Lee Hopkins says, here's my takeaway from the spring game yesterday. Spencer Rattler looked crisp and very comfortable throwing the ball. Juice Wells was his normal getting open and catching the ball. Dak Joyner actually looks pretty good at running back. Trey Knox looks really good at tight end. Soft hands and good blocking. Marquis Anderson and Nick Gargiulo look good on the offensive line. Lenore Sellers looked as good as Spencer to me. He's very explosive. Going to hurt a lot of people's feelings in the future. On the defensive side, Pup Howard, Jalon Kilmore, Kilgore, excuse me, are impressive and physically don't look like freshmen. Elijah Davis is an absolute stud on the line. Nick Imawari, O'Donnell Fortune, DQ Smith, Jalon Kilgore pinned down a very talented back end of the defense. All in all, great practice for the young guys. I think they can pick up a running back and a few experienced linemen in the portal. It'll be a special year. Very nice. Well done. Well done there. Maybe you know, love the run by DK when he ran over the defender and got another three yards. Yeah, he looked good. I mean, listen, DeCarrion joined a flash, no doubt. DeCarrion joined a flash. I, I like what he did at running back. I still don't think I look at him as RB1. I don't look at him as like an every down back, but I think he can help you there. No question. I think he can help you there. Scotty Johnson says, I think we're going to be a real problem for the East this year. I think we're going to be solid for sure. I think we're going to give some teams some headaches, no doubt. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Call from Dalton. Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, man, I'd like to uh, go ahead and steer this conversation off the spring game. Uh, <laughs> if, that, if that's all right. Um, I know you're a huge spring game guy, so I know that's tough for you to do. So I, I respect it. Yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, well, my question to you is about the baseball team mm -hmm. specifically. And, I mean, you look at this series for us. This was a big series going into it on the road, obviously. In the SEC, it's hard to win on the road in pretty much every sport. Baseball is no different. But, uh, I mean, what do you think about the bats just kind of going cold mm -hmm. for, you know, two whole games? I mean mm – -hmm. This whole home run or bust thing, I I talked about, you know, before the season started, and it just seems like this is what we are, right? Mm -hmm. Either we're, we're just hitting bombs out of the park, you know, getting five, six, seven runs an inning, multiple innings, or we're not getting any hits, and we're just, you know, striking out every time. 
do, do you think that this will be a productive way to make a run in the postseason? Obviously, we have talented <clears throat> hitters, but the, the problem I see is if we go cold like we have, it, it's going to be a, a huge issue as far as, you know, if we will be able to make our, our goal of mm-hmm. getting to Omaha. Well, Dalton, let me take you back to a time that was the mid to late 2000s, right? 06, 07, when guys like Justin Smoke, Reese Havens, James Darnell, Phil Disher, Robbie Grindstaff, the list goes on and on and on of power hitters that grace the lineup. Murderer's Row, if you will. Drew Crisp, friend of the show, definitely want to shout him out as well. He was part of it. But the Murderer's Row lineups, right? Those teams never got to Omaha. Some of the best swinging teams in school history, right? I mean, we're talking about Justin Smoke and Ethan Petrie surpassing his freshman home run record, right? And I'm not saying the 2023 Gamecocks are the newest version of those teams, which wouldn't even be a, a you know, wouldn't even be a slight because those teams, again, are some of the most talented to ever take the field. But why did those teams not get to Omaha? Well, in my humble opinion, I mean, number one, they did lack pitching depth. Let's go ahead and throw that out there. But as the pitching gets better, you're right, Dalton. And one of the things I talked about going in the weekend was productivity over power. We know we can hit the home run. But as the pitching gets better, it's going to become tougher and tougher and tougher to hit homers and to rely on homers. So you better have a second pitch. You better have something else in your arsenal. And, And I'm not saying... I'm not taking two games and saying that this team does not have it because I think we've been much more productive throughout this season. We've done a much better job. I think we'd all agree. But, yeah, to your point, you can't solely rely on power because Vanderbilt's pitching staff, I mean, they've got tons of high-quality arms. They're going to locate a lot of movement on the pitches, right? There's a reason they're so good. It's just going to become more and more and more difficult to hit home runs. So you got to be able to be productive even when the power's not there. And so, you know, people ask me again, back in the conversation, is this an Omaha caliber team? This is an Omaha caliber team, for sure. For sure. But if you're not able to be productive against high-quality pitching, it's going to cost you. And, and, and you, you, you know, you may see yourself eliminated before you'd like to be, right? So uh, I think moving forward, I think they're going to be fine. Listen, we're a good ball club, had a bad weekend. As long as it doesn't become a, a negative trend, that's the thing you want to avoid for sure. We're going to be fine, but that'll be the question, right, Dalton, in the postseason. You know, that'll be the question. We've got the talent, but is this team able to stay consistent at the plate and just not solely rely on power? That will really, truly, if you can give me the answer to that question, I can give you the answer to whether this team will be in Omaha or not. And then another thing, obviously, is is the defensive errors. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what it is about you know our set, our second and uh, or our third baseman and our shortstop, but it just seems like whenever you know we're in a a jam, we've got uh, traffic on the base pass, like we're just unable to make a, a simple throw over to first we're unable to you know uh, handle a ground ball and it leads to you know one or multiple runs Mm -hmm. um you know scoring and I'm just wondering if you think that that'll be improved uh going forward in the season or if we'll just have to sort of accept that our infield defense is going to be somewhat of a liability and we're going to need kind of like a a cushion a lot of the time in order to, you know, overcome that. 
yeah. uh, issue. Well, being a porous team defensively for sure, Dalton, I mean, it, it is another surefire way to to not maximize this team's potential, right? I mean, and that's the thing, too, I man. You look over the weekend. By the way, I, I said five errors for the weekend. I actually think it was six. And I'm pretty sure that Talmadge Lecroy himself had five. So I do apologize. I think it was actually more than five. I think it was six errors you had on the weekend. But you make that many errors in a weekend against a team, the quality of Andy. You, you just – you can't give a team like that more and more and more opportunities. I mean, think about us, right? Think about it the reverse. If South, if, 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 if a team is making errors and giving this Gamecocks lineup more outs, giving them extra outs in an inning, we're going to make them pay, right? We've got enough quality hitters where we're going to make them pay. So you just can't do that against a quality ball club. And they know that, right? Hey, you were playing on the turf. Does it make a difference? I, I don't know. I don't know. No excuse, though. There's no excuse. And the frustrating thing is this. Most of the time, Dalton – the errors are mental because they're not physical mistakes. You've made these plays before. They're mental mistakes. And I think when you're on the road against a top five team and things start speeding up a little bit and moving a little bit quicker, maybe you do some things that are uncharacteristic. And so sailing a ball over a guy's head or throwing it in the dirt or, or just booting a ball, those are things that are not really, you know, those are uncharacteristic of your team. So, you know, it's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's just one of those things, as long as you can identify it and get it corrected, I think you'll be fine. But but certainly, you need to see this team play cleaner on the defensive side. And then the last thing I sort of want to talk about is Noah Hall and sort of his, uh, you know, availability. Obviously, you know, a lot of people have heard the rumor that Noah Hall will be out. How much of an impact do you think that has on the season going forward? Obviously, you know, I know we have a lot of depth in the pitching right. staff, and I thought Matthew Becker did an incredibly good job against this Vanderbilt lineup, even when he got into some jams. Uh, but I'm just wondering, you know, Noah Hall was, was one of, you know, our best pitchers. And if we're not even going to have him available out of the bullpen in short, uh, you know, like short relief, you know, type of roles, 
what kind of impact does that have on our pitching staff moving forward as far as our rotation in the postseason? Yeah, well, listen, and I've said this plenty of times that South Carolina has the pitching depth to overcome it, but it's a big loss, man. I mean, it, you you take away anybody in the SEC Saturday guy, and they're, they're going to feel some type of impact from that. I agree with you. I thought Matthew Becker pitched well yesterday, you know, well enough to win. I mean, you think about what you normally get from a Sunday guy. Um, you know on Sundays you're normally going to have to score more runs, right, because the third best starter. You know, normally both teams are going to swing the bat pretty well, so – uh, I, I thought Becker did a good job, and again, you, you've got the pitching depth to withstand it, but certainly, I mean, it's it's going to be a blow, man. It's going to be a blow, especially right now. You look, for whatever reason, Will Sanders nor Jack Mahoney can give you more than five innings. Like, I, I don't know what's going on, why that's the case, and hopefully they get it going, but it just definitely does. It puts more pressure on those guys. Like, Will Sanders got to be better, man. And, and I know that he got the win, no big deal, and we scored 14 runs, but I'm just saying moving forward through the long haul, like, it puts even more pressure on your game one guy to be an ace. It puts more pressure on a Jack Mahoney in game two to pitch well, especially when you win game one and you've got an opportunity to win the series. And I'm not putting, obviously, that loss on Saturday on him, but you get what I'm saying, right? It puts more pressure on those guys. And, uh, I mean, you feel good about whether it's Becker the rest of the way or Eli Jones or it's James Hicks or it's Eli Jerzymek, whoever it is, you're going to have a quality starter going in game three. But to insinuate that it has that it has no impact, I think that would be foolish, right? So, you know, we'll see. I mean, hopefully Noah Hall will come back. But, it, you know, as I know you already know, Dalton, uh, we've heard the rumors from multiple people that there's a good chance he's out for the entire season. So, uh, and if he's not, even if he's not, it's going to be a multi-week thing. I mean, it's going to be quite a while. At this point, I just hope to get him back for, you know, for Hoover, the postseason, what have you. So, uh, it's a big loss. I think it's one this team can withstand, but it definitely puts a lot more pressure on the guys that you do have available. And then finally, uh going to Florida sort of how do you feel do you think we'll we'll be able to have sort of a bounce back weekend at home uh against Florida and and take two out of three obviously you know Florida has looked you know like they have struggled sometimes as we have you know every team has has struggled sometimes but Florida is obviously a very quality team so what what do you think Do, do you give us a good shot of winning that series or, or do you think we're we're gonna sort of lose two out of three because I, I don't really worry about us getting swept but I do think you know it would be a great bounce back weekend at home to to take uh, two out of three against Florida I give us a good shot to win it I, I think it'll be another great SEC weekend I mean I think obviously what, what's interesting is Florida's right behind you in regards to errors and stuff like that and and we all know, too, those of us who have kept up with it, man, Florida's bullpen has just been a nightmare. <laughs> They've been terrible. They've been terrible. So, I, you know, I think at home, Dalton, I mean, that's the key, right? You go on the road, like nobody, listen, in the grand scheme of things, nobody's going to write you off because you went to Vanderbilt in Nashville and lost two of three, right? It, it's hard to go on the road and win a series in the SEC, especially over a top five team. But with that being said, you got to protect your home field. Right. And, and so you feel good coming back to the friendly confines, coming back to Founders. Florida is a very, very good baseball team. I, I know Brennan and I have had some fun exchanges back and forth. I'm not saying that they're even better than South Carolina. I'm not saying they're going to win the national championship, but they're a good baseball team. They're high quality. There's a reason they're ranked third in the country. Um, you know, we'll break them down more to the specifics as we get later in the week. But Jack Caglione's obviously a guy that, you know, you look at probably going to, he's going to pitch game three. I mean, he's going to be a lethal bat all weekend. But I, I think South Carolina, I think this could be a really, really fun weekend in regards to home runs and runs scored and all that. 
but with that being said, I, I do think South Carolina, I think you feel good about it. I, again, I think this is a really, really good baseball team, a really good ball club that had a bad weekend. I, I don't think we're all of a sudden a bad team or anything. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm confident. I'm optimistic. I'm not trying to lock in my prediction early or anything, but I, I think the Gamecocks, uh, I, I still think you're confident going into this weekend, getting the Gators at home. It's going to be a great weekend of baseball, and, and I think you feel confident against South Carolina can bounce back at home and take two of three. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there on a Friday night. I've got class on Thursday, but uh, but I'm hoping, you know, we, we sort of uh, lock it up uh, Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday is sort of, uh, you know, a, a gimme if, you know, win the sweep, you know, if you lose. Obviously, you don't want to, you know, try and lose or throw it, but, right. you know, if you lose, it's not that big of a deal winning the first two would be would be huge and and i'm looking forward to being there so uh but i appreciate uh you you uh you know taking my call and and all that and you have a good monday dalton you're the man i appreciate the call great stuff as always great stuff from our friend dalton guys let's go ahead and jump into another break on the side i want to continue to hear from you more of your questions your comments your calls and more you're tuned in to the daily crow All right, guys, we're back. Taking the questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Monday, April the 17th, 2023. Let's get back into your comments. We'll start. Coach Ford says, Dak is a more physical runner than I thought. He's not an SEC running back, but he's a very serviceable running back. He should have been there four years ago. Unfortunately, he is RB1. We need Braswell to get down here and show out. Sellers is clearly, in all caps, the number two. It's time to move Doty to wide receiver and let the practice reps go to Sellers and Davis and Reno coming in next year. O-line looks bad. If the O-line improves, we may be okay. If not, I will say seven wins is max. Again, Coach Ford, I mean, the comments are fine. The only thing I'd say to the offensive line, though, I mean, you know as well as I do, you didn't have your best five out there. Like, we know that. Jalen Nichols goes out early and then, who was, uh, I think it was Ja'Kai Moore that didn't even play in the game, right? He had family stuff going on. So, you never at any point had your best five on the field all together. And so, and I, and I know you, Coach Ford, would, would agree, that is a position where continuity is so important and having those five guys gelling and, um, you know, what have you, it, it's just so important. It's just so important. So, I, I don't draw any conclusions from the O-line. I mean, do I think they're going to be some huge strength and we're going to run for 200 a game? No, I don't think so. But I, I don't leave that game saying the offensive line is, is just an atrocity. They're terrible. So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll be fine. Heath Hagler says, I think the last two weeks have definitely shown how much we need Noah Hall back. It's not a jab at Mahoney. He's done really well. But just not having that Saturday arm forces us deeper in the bullpen Early. I would agree with you. I mean, listen, you start losing guys, you've got pitching depth, but I mean, you, you love to have Noah Hall back. There's no question. You've loved to have Noah Hall back. Reason we lost is the turf. <laughs> I hear you. Ethan says you're going to lose a series or two in baseball. It happens. Even if we lost the Florida series 1-2, I still think we're a top eight team. With Noah Hall, we should have won game two, and we are fine. Cody Gaskins, it's crazy to think Juice never had a touchdown reception in Willie B. Crazy. Crazy. Maybe in R26, Brian Thomas Jr. has improved. He looks promising. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I did not see that coming. 
I did not see that coming. He looked really good. Austin Greer says, Vandy is better than LSU. I think that's debatable, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a fair debate, actually. James Kendall, for depth purposes, uh, you need to add another running back. Can't be in a position where DK gets a hammy and then you're relying on a freshman. Again, I, I, I totally agree with you, James. I think it's a no-brainer. You have to add a guy. Coach Ford, hard to evaluate the D when the O-line was so bad. I mean, again, Coach Ford, that's where you're going to drive yourself crazy, right? I mean, just is Brian Thomas Jr. that good or are edges that good or is the O-line that bad, the guys they were going up against? Who knows? Who knows? Coach Ford says, we'll see when we get the five out there. As of today, it has me worried. I mean, I think it makes sense, Coach Ford, to be slightly worried because you lost Eric Douglas at center. You lost uh, Jovan Gwynn, right? I mean, you lost some guys. No doubt, you lost some guys. So, um, it's going to be a new five out there. And, you know, I, I think until this great wall of Carolina crop, until they step on the field, I, I think it's fair to be slightly concerned about the offensive line and what they're going to do this season. No, no question. But I'm just saying that I'm not completely writing off the O-line after the spring game just because it's 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 so almost damn near impossible to evaluate. Uh, things are popping off in the Big Cock Club Discord. Cody Gaskin says he thinks that Sellers is QB2. Our guy Dalton says that's a slap dick take. Nobody can tell from one televised practice. Um, let's see. Yeah, so basically what they're saying is that no doubt, you know, Sellers did have a better scrimmage, but to Dalton's point, we have no idea what the coaches are seeing in practice. Doty could have just had an off day. And I mean, that's something you definitely you definitely take into account. That's something you definitely take into account. Luke Doty may have just had an off day. But I don't know, man. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you watch that game and you see the other quarterbacks outside of Rattler. I don't know how you come out of that game and say, yep, Luke Doty for sure is the second best quarterback on this roster. I just don't see it because you know what? Yeah, Luke Doty's got experience. But I will take raw talent and ability, a.k.a. Lenora Sellers, over a couple games of experience. You know what I mean? So, I, I just, he didn't look like a guy, to big watch his point, he didn't look like a guy who's been on campus for three years. He just didn't look like that. He didn't look like that. He he panicked. He was very jittery in the pocket. He was not accurate. I I just, you know. And it almost makes you think it's crazy to think there were people last year that said that Luke Doty should be this team starting quarterback over Spencer Rattler. I, I still think back to I don't I forget who the lady is or was, and I'm not even trying to call her out by name. I don't know her name, but uh, I mean I don't know. I, I didn't document this. I should have. I should have because it was actually high key hilarious. But dude, when we had our watch party for the Arkansas game last year in downtown Greenville. I mean, I had this lady get this close up in my face about, about Luke Doty should be this team's starting quarterback and how dare you speak ill on the name of Luke Doty. And I mean, this lady was right up in my grill yelling. She was obviously shit-faced. But, uh, I mean, they, they, you know, the people that love Luke Doty, they are very passionate about Luke Doty. They are very passionate about Luke Doty and uh, his abilities at the quarterback position, which is totally fine. I mean, you love to hear that. But, uh, I mean, God. <laughs> that was wild. Anyways, that's in the past. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm not afraid to say it. I, I just, yeah, Southern, she had to be from Myrtle Beach. I, she probably was. She, she probably was, my guy. She probably was. I have no idea 
I mean, hey, we've all been there, had too many and said things and acted out of, out of character and just out, out of sorts, if you will. So I, I don't take it personally at all. But that was – I was just like, man, people like – these people that love Luke Doty, they love Luke Doty. And she took it personally that I said that – that uh, she took it personally that I said that uh, – that, that, you know, Spencer Rattler was the team's best quarterback, if you will. Anyways, anyways, James <laughs> James Kendall says, Chris, would you describe Doty as becoming a positionless player? <laughs> I mean, I, I'll say this, James. I know what you're doing, but I'll say this. I mean, did we not compare Luke Doty and the carry-on joiner just a few weeks ago? Did I not literally make a clip and say, like, they're literally the same person? They're the same person. Granted, Luke Doty has not gone through as many position changes, but they're similar in the sense where, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I think Luke Doty, again, is more of a quarterback because he's stuck at quarterback throughout his entire career. But uh, that's that's funny you bring that up, James. That is funny. I, I can appreciate a good joke. Homie Lamont Enjoyer, a.k.a. Dalton, says, another thing we have to consider is that the team has tweaked the offensive scheme for the third year in a row, not saying that Doty should be for sure QB2, but creating depth charts off a of spring game film is a terrible idea. And I hear you. And, and that's why, Dalton, I prefaced it with, this is a spring game overreaction and a hot take, right? So I'm not sitting here telling you that if, if Luke Doty's QB2 going in the season, that this, this coaching staff just doesn't have a clue. Because number one, guys, QB2 ain't going to play. He ain't going to play, right? Hardly at all. I mean, I, you know, I went in the last season thinking that, oh, you know, Tanner Bailey and Braden Davis, they're going to see a lot of action. They're going to play. And it didn't happen. They never saw the field. They never saw the field. So, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is this. I'd be surprised how many snaps for Lenora Sellers this year over under 10 and a half. I think under. I, I really do. I, I doubt we even see Lenora Sellers this year. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. I was, in, I, was, I was surprised to see a guy like SEC Mike saying that, you know, he could help this football team this year. How? How? I mean, I, I just, I'd be surprised. Maybe they'll have some packages or maybe they'll just put him, but like, you have Spencer Rattler. I, I just, I don't understand the whole, why would you put somebody else in? I think if all goes according to plan, nobody, I mean, the only games you probably see somebody get other uh, other guys get snaps are Furman and Jacksonville State. Maybe Vandy late, maybe Vandy late, but outside of that, I don't see a ton of it. Uh, Madison, I know for a fact it was not Luke Doty's mom that got up in my face. I promise. <laughs> I was. I know for a fact it wasn't. I know for a fact it wasn't. So, um, anyways, that's just totally beside the point. It, whatever. Hey, listen, pe people, things get out of hand. Emotions. Emotions get out of hand when, uh, you know, when, when the Gamecocks are playing and especially when we're losing and alcohol gets flowing and, and the worst side of people truly comes out. I mean, really, it does. So, you just got to not take it personally. You got to not take it personally. Uh, anyways, guys, let me also say this, by the way. I don't know how I've gone this far in the show without saying thank you all so much for the love and support we felt during the live stream watch-along on Saturday. And I'd love to hear you guys' feedback on it. You know, I know one thing going back and watching – I was on my phone a lot, so I do apologize for that. You know, I'm trying to actively tweet and be on social media and post clips while also watching the game and engaging and conversating. So that's something I'm going to try to work on. I am going to work on. I'm going to be more present moment and in tune with the live stream watch along. But guys, of course, you all know the content does not sleep and getting those tweets out, getting those posts out, if you will, 
Um, you know, sometimes it does distract me. So I apologize for that. It's something I'm going to try to improve. But all in all, I thought the live stream watch along was a massive success. I had a ton of fun doing that. Um, <clears throat> Coach Ford says, you can watch the instincts and mechanics and see that Sellers is far ahead of Luke Doty. It is the number two reps in practice that will help Sellers be ready by 2024. Maybe so. David Barnes says Sellers could take Joyner's Wildcat quarterback role if DK ends up sticking at running back. Let, let's go ahead and get this out of the way, though, David. Lenora Sellers is a quarterback. He's not a Wildcat quarterback. He's not a gadget quarterback. He, he's not. He's a quarterback. End of story. Bottom line, he's a quarterback, right? So if he comes in, I don't think it's a Wildcat situation. He's coming in to play quarterback. He's not coming in to be a Wildcat. He's not a guy where if he throws, it's a surprise. He is a quarterback. Bottom line in the story, until we hear differently. Uh, let's see. Dalton says, the thing with Doty, though, he's been put in a terrible position to succeed his entire career. He has to work through two different head coaches, a foot injury, multiple offensive coordinators. Dalton, doesn't that sound a lot like to carry on Joyner? He also says, Dalton says in the Big Cock Club Discord, that being said, I do think that Luke Doty will most likely be the number two going in the first game next year. There isn't really a backup quarterback I have supreme confidence in. Obviously, we all hope that Rattler doesn't get injured and stays healthy all year. I mean, yeah, obviously, again, that's that's the big takeaway is just, you know, Spencer Rattler's our guy, and, you know, we all hope that we don't have to see a backup at any point. I mean, really, truly. Um, let's see. Let's see. It looks like uh, College Ball News re-released their win totals for the SEC South Carolina, as we already know, at seven and a half. Again, guys, continue to take your takeaways, your thoughts from the spring game, baseball, a packed weekend, a packed weekend of action. Top takeaways from the there, – there were – I mean, it, it's crazy again, guys. You know, people say it's spring game that matters, this or that, whatever. I mean, I've got – I mean, I had a page full of takeaways. Page full of takeaways. So, um, one of the things, guys, that I posed the question on the podcast this morning, then I'll ask you all. You know, it's interesting, right? Spring game in the, the book. Spring football is behind us. The transfer portal is what we're keeping our eye on, but outside of that – uh, there is no football until on the field, not till fall camp. We got SEC media days upcoming, but uh, there is no football, right? So I ask you this, going into the quote-unquote offseason, the summer, what is the biggest question mark for this football team, offensively and defensively? And, and I think we're all going to have the same answer. I mean, for me, offensively, it's running back and running game. I think another really intriguing question, though, is who is wide receiver two? You saw Eddie Lewis targeted a lot, the, the transfer portal player from Memphis, right? You saw Lewis targeted a ton. Does that mean he's wide receiver too? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. You've also got Xavier Leggett, Amarian Brown, DeCarion Joyner, who can slide out there. But you lost four of your top five pass catchers from a season ago. And I know the tight end position is going to help alleviate any of these concerns and also the addition of Nicholas Harbour is going to help alleviate those concerns. But I think the battle at wide receiver two, that's going to be one of those intriguing storylines to follow as we go throughout fall camp. And I think is one of the biggest question marks going into the season because 
Juice Wells is going to need help, right? Every single defensive coordinator is going to have Juice Wells circled as the guy they've got to stop. So who is it that steps up outside of him and, and takes off some of that pressure? Is it Leggett? Is it Brown? Is it Trey Knox at tight end? Is it Joshua Simon? Who is the go-to guy besides Juice Wells on this offense? And who is wide receiver two specifically? That's a big question mark, I think, and something that needs to be solved and I think will be solved going into the summer, fall camp, and, of course, the 2023 season. Uh, on the defensive side, for me, guys, my biggest question mark and, and great, greatest concern going in the summer, it is the edge position. Again, I, I, I know Brian Thomas Jr. shined, but, uh, you know, how, how do I want to phrase this? I, I don't even mean to I, – I don't mean to say this as – you know, I, I just don't know. Even with a big spring game performance, I just don't know. Kid was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. I mean, his offers, guys, were Carolina, then Central Michigan, Connecticut, FIU, and Liberty, right? Is this a big-time SEC edge player? I don't know. I don't know that he is. I have no idea. Brian Thomas Jr. was a guy that I looked at that I didn't think was really ever going to play. Six, two and a half, 225. You've got guys like Strawn and Terrell Dawkins, the NC State transfer. Hey, maybe Brian Thomas Jr. is a nice surprise on the edge as well. But I think continuing to beef up the defensive front and beef up the edge position, we liked what we saw from Elijah Davis. Tonka Hemingway did not play in the spring game. I don't even know if Boogie Huntley played. I didn't hardly even see him. Um, Continuing to beef up the front seven, though, I, I think is a very, very big deal and something I think is a big question mark for this football team moving forward. Uh, Lynn Turner, Leggett had some big catches last year. Needs to step up for sure, for sure. He absolutely does. Um, just needs to be more consistent. He showed his ability, but he just needs to be more consistent and eliminate the drops. I think that's the big thing. Needs to eliminate those drops. So... Let's see. Um, it looks like Vandy transfer Miles Stute will announce his transfer destination at 2 o'clock Eastern time. 2 o'clock Eastern time. So, uh, and that is on the basketball side of things. Lamont Paris is cooking. That would be, that would be a big time addition for sure. Let Lamont cook. Let him cook. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. The Gamecocks, how about this? The RPI for the Gamecocks baseball side of things, number two in all of college baseball. Number two. So. How do you how, <laughs> how do we think uh Gamecock Nation, Gamecock Twitter, Gamecock social media is going to react to me saying that Luke Doty should be should be should be benched and, and, and is not quarter. I just, I, I people are going to go crazy. I know it. Oh, well, it is what it is. Beauty's in the banter. Uh, Coach Ford says, disappointment, di or excuse me, disappointed in the development of Landon Sampson. And I don't know if my guy is still tuned in, but he called me and said the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I you know, I thought Landon Sampson would be a, probably a, a bigger piece of the offense too at this point, but, um, it didn't show a lot in the spring game. It makes me very confident he'll see much of the field this year. So, um, Jeff Gullich says, in all honesty, as long as QB1 stays healthy and plays like he did at the end of last year, I don't care who QB2 is. 
That's a good point. Coach Ford says he should not be benched. He needs to use his athleticism at wide receiver. Well, Coach Ford, yeah, they got to they got to move him out there first. I mean, I, I feel like Luke Doty's a guy that will do whatever whatever is necessary to help the Gamecocks football team. But I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. John Ever, looking forward to seeing you Thursday in Fort Mill, my friend. Going to be a lot of fun. Fort Mill is always a good time. Fort Mill is always a good time. And Bruin Nation said the same thing. Doty's a hell of an athlete, though. Kidneys be on the field. He's a good wide receiver slot guy, for sure. Ethan said, my quarterback depth chart rankings. Rattler 1, Sellers 2, Doty 3, Bailey four, Gauthier five, and Braden Davis at six. Braden Davis at six. Ethan, if that's the case, he's got to be gone. I mean, he's got to be gone. He's got to be gone. Uh, Let's see. Anthony says, Sellers is the future. Just needs to sit in the pocket and not get happy feet so much. But that's just experience. He's going to be a Connor Shaw type of quarterback. Stephanie Lee said, Sellers really impressed me. Yeah, I I, I think... uh, and, you know, the, the spring game is built for a guy. It's built for guys like Lenore Sellers. It's, it's built for your young guys to get out on the field, get experience, and just really show what they can do, right? That, that's what it's for. I mean, that's what it's for, no doubt. So, um, you know, I, I'm happy that Sellers was able to get out there. I mean, obviously, you know, it's funny. We went down to Somerville last week for the spring tour, and we talked about Lenora Sellers, and, and there were a lot of Bruin Nation at Carolina Somerville, and they were they were getting hype about Lenora Sellers, and I'm sure they had an absolute blast watching the spring game. So, um, my my guy Jake Crane says overreacting about spring games is an easy way to spot a casual. I love that. I I, I don't feel like any of our takes are overreacting. I, I don't. I don't. Because, I mean, they, they, they don't matter. They, they don't, guys. It's a glorified scrimmage. They don't matter. You know, I'm not saying I'm gonna, I should, we should write off Luke Doty for the rest of time, but I don't know, man. It, it's hard to tell a diehard of a team that, you know, and, and to the point, like what, what Dabble Login said last week, you know, it's, it doesn't matter at all. Like, anytime your team takes the field, it matters. Anytime. It, it just, it matters. Madison says, are you doing a fall tour? Yeah, so it'll be a summer tour, Madison. It'll be before the football season. It'll be before the football season. We'll probably start it last year. We did late July up until kickoff. I'll probably try to start it a little bit earlier this year. Probably because we didn't start it until like July the 27th, and it didn't end until the week of kickoff against Georgia State, right? So, and we ran into an issue that week with Shane Beamer's call-in show. So, I'd like to end it the week prior, but it'll start probably mid to late July and run through the entire month of August. That will be our our our, our quote-unquote fall tour. It'll be a fall tour, summer tour, whatever you want to label it. But, uh, yeah, Madison, we, we will plan on going back and doing this round all over again, So, which will be a ton of fun. It'll be a ton of fun. I, I love doing the tour stuff, guys. It's a lot of fun getting on the road selling merchandise, you know, taking questions, getting people fired up for Gamecocks Athletics, no matter what event it is. 
and spreading the good word of uh, TSUS. It's a lot of fun for sure. And I appreciate you guys that make it such a massive success. We always have, like I said, a ton of fun doing it. So let's see. Again, a big announcement upcoming at 2 o'clock from Miles Stute, the Vanderbilt uh, transfer portal player on the basketball side of things. That would be a big pickup. It sounds like the Gamecocks, very strong chance that it will be his choice. Or, excuse me, Gamecocks will be his choice. Sports talk, running a poll question. Spring practice is now over for Clemson Sucks. And the Gamecocks, Kay Klubnik will be the Tigers starting quarterback backed up by Christopher Vizina. Spencer Rattler will be the USC starter backed up by Luke Doty. Who has the better quarterback situation? If he's backed up by Luke Doty. I think that's more so what he should say. Anyways, though. Uh, how about, guys, before we jump in a break, how about the tight end position? Jaheim who? Dare I say it. The way they flipped that position after, you know, you basically lost everybody, whether it be due to graduation, due to transfer portal, due to injury, or retirement from the game of football, your tight end room was just completely, you know, ravaged by the things I just mentioned. I think you're in a good spot. You've completely flipped that room. I think it's gone from an efficiency to one of the strengths of your football team. Guys like Trey Knox, Joshua Simon, Connor Cox, Reed McKeeska, uh, Nick Elksness. The list goes on and on and on. I think that's going to be a massive strength, the Gamecocks football team this year. I think you're going to see Dabble Loggins use the tight ends uh, consistently, early and often, and all those that clamor, throw it to the tight end more, coach. I think you're going to get your wish this year with the quality bodies you brought in. Guys, let's jump into one final break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so in the Daily Crow. For those of you who ever wondered, what does he do during the five-minute breaks? Well, use the bathroom and snack. That's typically what I do. So in case you ever wondering, I, I normally will, will scarf down a snack. Not in the first hour, but the second hour, right? I, I, I do intermittent fasting, but about we get close to 2 o'clock, I, I start getting pretty hungry. So sometimes right before 2, I'll, I'll throw a little snack, if you will, and, and – uh, you know, munch something down during the break. Either way, though. Anyways. Madison says, shout out to the ladies softball. Nice job sweeping 24th-ranked Texas A&M. Doubleheader at home this Wednesday against Charleston Southern. First game at 3 p.m. Then head to Georgia to wrap up the weekend. Yeah, congratulations to the softball team, who's now ranked, by the way, by D1Softball.com. Gavin, what's the snack of choice today? Um... Uh, Flavored almonds? Who, what is the company again? That, whatever. The almonds or whatever. Habanero barbecue is the one I have. So good, dude. So good. I like almonds, though. Yeah. Nice little snack. LSU defensive back Michael Dowerty enters the transfer portal. So the portal is off and running. Probably going to be a lot of guys. Dude, I, like... Entering the portal has just become like a, a hot thing to do. It, it, it's just, it's crazy how many dudes enter the portal. Let's see. Jeff Gullich says, Doty 
will be QB2, and Sellers will be redshirted. If anyone believes different, you are kidding yourself. I mean, Jeff, you might be right. I mean, here's the thing, too, though. Sellers can play in four games and still get the redshirt. So, I mean, if you can play him, Jeff, wouldn't you want to see him play? And I guess the conversation around the whole QB2, Luke Doty thing, it more so goes, like, to next year. I mean... Do we really believe that Luke Doty is going to return next year and win this starting job? I, I just, I, I don't know. I'd be stunned. I'd be absolutely stunned if that occurred. I'd be stunned. I would be stunned. I've been wrong before, but I'd be stunned. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. Taking your questions, comments, calls. You can also text that number. I think we actually had a text that I forgot to read. Um, Somebody says, I want to go ahead and give Sellers the quote. He is him. He was no doubt the second-best quarterback in the spring game. That man can significantly change a game. He is the steal of the 2023 recruiting class and should have been a five-star recruit. I've heard other people say that as well. Uh, SEC Baseball Awards, Tommy White, Player of the Week, Hurston Waldrop from Florida, Pitcher of the Week, and Dakota Jordan from Mississippi State, Freshman of the Week. So, <clears throat> let's see. Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. We are normal, by the way. Normal schedule this week, noon to 2. I know last week was kind of crazy with the 10 to 12 stuff, and it's like I told you guys. It worked well for what it was, right? It worked well for what it was, but uh, I'm not going off a of noon to two anytime soon. I, I love the noon to two time slot. It works really well for my schedule. I think you guys enjoy it more so. Uh, so I don't think we're going to be budging off of noon to two anytime soon. Um, But yeah, guys, normal week this week. Noon to two all week long. We're also going to have a big time guest. My guy Pick Six Previews, I believe, is going to join me for the podcast for Thursday. That'll be a great conversation. We haven't even chatted on the podcast, on the airwaves, since the 2022 season ended, right? So, looking forward to chatting with my guy, Brett Ciantia. We'll talk about the 2022 season, the spring game, look ahead to a little bit of 2023. Guys, again, of course, it's never too early to talk South Carolina football. It's always a great time to talk football. It's like I told you guys, too, you know, I feel like last year, Definitely the year prior, but last year, you know, I was kind of like, why aren't people talking about baseball more? Why does everybody still want to talk football? And now I just think from a content side, I just embrace it, right? It's just what moves the needle. Like, we still have baseball conversation, right? I, I still keep the baseball combo going, right? I, I'd say as much, if not more, than anybody else. But, I mean, I just kind of lean into the football stuff at this point. Like, people love football. People want to talk football. Who am I to not give the people what they want? Uh, GA says, those, those wasabi, soy sauce, almonds are insane too, bro. They're so good. They're so good, dude. GA knows what's up, man. And hey, GA, unless it ended yesterday, Publix has them right now. Buy one, get one. So GA, you might want to head over to Publix, my guy. Go stock up on some almonds. Because those things are like $10 a bag, too. So you can get them things, buy one, get one. You might as well. Let's see. Um, Frank says, here's a here's a prediction for you. Rattler sits out for the draft. Sellers starts the bowl game. 
Doty plays a quarter against Jackson State. Lenora Sellers starts the bowl game. Interesting. Not outlandish, though. Just interesting. Just interesting. Uh, guys, again, a big announcement upcoming at 2 o'clock. Miles Stute, Vanderbilt basketball transfer. Looks like he will make his decision. It sounds like it is going to be the Gamecocks indeed. So, looking forward to that. You know what I'm really surprised at? I'm surprised that, like, the ESPN FPI or that, like, no, no, no sports book out there has dropped, like, SEC win totals, nothing. Nothing. This time, you know, I, I, this time last year, this time last year, we, you know, got had a lot of that. I don't know what 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 the deal is. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Frank says, "Mark it down." Big wash is it almost looks as if those tight ends were totally. Well, I mean, Nate Atkins graduated and Trey Kenyon retired due to medical reasons. So, big wash, I don't think, obviously, he, he those guys were affected by it at all. But, yeah, I don't know. John Edward, in case anybody cares, this past weekend was the unfortunate anniversary of the Boston bombing marathon bombing. Wow. Okay, I did not know that, John Edward. Mm, crazy. Frank says, mark it down, dude. I'll mark it. Consider it marked, Frank. Consider it marked. James Kendall says, hey, on the podcast, is the deal we need to let it play to the very end? What does retention mean? Yes, great question. So James Kendall brings up, and I talked about this in the podcast today. So we've renewed our deal with Blue Wire as our podcast hosting platform. Um, so basically, I, I, I'll, you know, I'm always transparent with you guys, and you guys support TSUS and show love. So the podcast is now being monetized, right? And the way it's been monetized over the last year to this point is you tune in the podcast, a download, if you will. Every download, you're making X amount of dollars. You're getting monetized for that, right? Now, right, you insert the ads into the show. Let's say there's four ads or so. Let's say the three, four, it doesn't really matter the number. Now, the way that that monetization is going to be based is how many of the ads actually get played not even all the way through but just does the listener reach that point of the show where the ad is right and so let's say somebody tunes in for five minutes of the show and there's an ad at the end of the show and 35 minutes in we're not going to get credit for that like it's not going to it's not going to count as a play if you will so that's what i mean james can a listener retention i mean keeping listeners listening throughout the entire show and actually playing those ads. And it doesn't matter, by the way, if you skip through the ads, it still counts for us. I'm so I'm not even telling you have to actually listen to the ads. I'm not saying you actually have to listen, but, and it's, listen, I, I said in the podcast today, it's on me to keep the show engaging and entertaining from start to finish. Um, so there are things I'll be doing, you know what I'm saying? Ha- keeping the show, keeping the yucks coming for you guys, keeping it engaging all the way through. But that's what that means, James Kendall, retention, because the, it's now being monetized, not just a download, right? Not just a download, which there's actually more upside because now we have more opportunities for more ads to be played and uh, <clears throat> the more the merrier in that regard, if you will. So, yeah, just to keep it transparent, guys, listen all the way through. When you do listen, you can skip through the ads if you want, but just listen all the way through. Helps TSU out, TSUS out tremendously, and I promise you, I'm committed to you all to making sure that there's value from start 
to finish because there, if, if there isn't value, you shouldn't stay tuned in throughout the entire show. So I, I can promise you from me to you, we will be pushing the value hard. And James Kendall, great question. I'm glad to bring that up. Guys, that being said, that brings us into 2 o'clock. An electric show today. Thank you so much to everybody who called in all the comments, everybody who engaged. And uh, stay tuned, of course, content bleeding out the eyeballs. Go check out the podcast that dropped this morning, episode 776. TDC drops every day at 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock um, on the Spurs Up Show podcast feed. So if you missed anything or you just want to go back and listen, you can do so. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast. Guys, that being said, we're rocking and rolling all week long. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. <laughs>